Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. This is Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Here to remind you that the month of January is the month of the holy name of Jesus throughout the day and make any excuse to call upon the holy name of Jesus. You could just say simply, Jesus, I love you, like Peter did, like Pope Benedict did. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, uh, hold me up. Jesus, I give you my suffering. Find any excuse throughout the day to talk to Jesus. Amen. Paul, are you on duty, my friend? I am ready to go, Jess. Hey, we're going to talk today about something that uh, is unsettling because we've lived through a stolen election here in this country, a stolen presidential election. And I've lived through a stolen, you probably have too, through a stolen government election, governor election. Mm back over Nevada and over here in Arizona as well. Mm-hmm. But what, what's worse than that is uh, what they did to Pope Benedict XVI. I've always had my suspicions that there was something underhanded to his resignation. And uh, we're going to be sharing three articles and giving our commentary. I actually believe that there is. Here's a strategy of the left before we get into the articles. The strategy of the political left and the religious left It's an old strategy. It's an old Marxist strategy that goes back to the 1960s. It's called the Cloward and Piven strategy. What is that? Professor Cloward and Professor Piven were two Columbia University professors. And they were sociologists. They were political activists on the left. And they've they've taught back in the 60s at Columbia University, one of the Ivy League schools, that the way a political party... Uh, comes into power is you have to you have to create chaos you have to overload the opposition you have to create crises and you have to you have to again uh, you know do things that are going to lead to uh, the welfare system uh, the implementation of socialism guaranteed annual income uh, and so when you overrun the opposition party with problems they don't have time to govern. That's called the mm. cloward and pivot method. Well, the, the, the religious left also did that to Pope Benedict. They used that strategy. They threw so many things at him. They overwhelmed him that, uh, you know, his, his, uh, in his older years, this was just too overwhelming for him. This is one of the reasons he stepped down, I believe. And we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, interact with these articles, Paul. And Jess, I can, we can say... You know, understanding that, we can see that they did the same exact thing to President Donald J. Trump. Exactly. Cloward and Pivot mm-hmm. Method. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's the way you take out the opposition. You have to overwhelm them with problems. You know, we're suing you here. We're suing you there. Uh, you're, we're going after you and your taxes. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you've, been, you've been cavorting with the Russians. You, you overwhelm your political opponent with so many fake, you create crisis. And yes. you overwhelm him that he can't govern. This is what they did to Pope yes. Benedict as well, Paul. 
And so the first article is from LifeSite News. Italian general, he says that a U.S. official bragged to him that Pope Benedict would, would be forced to resign weeks after 2005 election. So on the eve of Pope Benedict XVI's burial, Piero Laporta, a retired Italian brigadier general, so this is guy one of the highest ranking uh, military men in, in uh, Italy, mm-hmm. published a stunning piece on his own blog. So he blogs. Mm-hmm. This Catholic author who previously lobbied to have Benedict participate and influenced the controversial Synod on the Family some eight years ago is now revealing, this brigadier, retired Brigadier General is now revealing that in the first weeks after the election of Joseph Ratzinger to the papal throne in 2005, an official of the U.S. National Security Agency, NSA, was bragging about the resignation to which Pope Benedict XVI of revered memory would soon be forced. If this story is true, however, soon it would have to mean almost eight years, as that is the time it actually took for for Benedict to resign. Piero Laporta is this retired Italian brigadier general who worked for the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the Italian military and since his retirement writes for multiple blogs and for different newspapers collaborating with, among others, uh, our own colleague from LifeSite News, Marco Tosati, and, his, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Piero Laporta writes his own blog as well. Mm-hmm. Piero Laporta's January 3rd blog starts with the comments that he shudders at the publicly displayed crocodile tears by a representative of the community of San Egidio, a priestly order, in regards to Pope Benedict's death. In light of these tears, memories pass before my eyes, says Pierre Laporta, retired Brigadier General. Pierre Laporta then revealed that there exists, here's, here's the key, a great Roman circle that is still active today that is more powerful than the St. Gallen Mafia, that homosexual cabal of cardinals and bishops that comes from Switzerland. And he says this great Roman circle, which has been historically opposed to Benedict. Pierre Laporta further relayed that in 2005, a leading delegate of the U.S. government who had his hands in Italian finances, 2005, that would have been Barack Obama's under, under his reign, where he is still active and in Italian politics, was a figure in the highest ranks of the, of the NSA, was bragging about the resignation to which Benedict XVI of revered memory would soon be forced. Mm. Go ahead, Paul. Pick it up. <clears throat> this man, Laporta, went on to say, spoke with a nonchalant and with an arrogance outside of his own circle about this matter. This Roman circle was reportedly dedicated to the slogans, God is dead, and Jesus is fake news. Wow. wow. Yeah, can you imagine? And was in panic when was elected. The St. Gallen Mafia, Laporta added, was no joke, but is a mere fig leaf compared to this Roman circle that Laporta refers to as Dome of Demons. Wow. According to the Italian general, it was this group who isolated Benedict, leaving him alone while the NSA goons scourged the truth, then crucified it. It is not known whether this man, who at the time reportedly worked for the U.S. government, actually played a role in the resignation of Pope Benedict XVI, 
However, for the sake of discussing the fullest narrative of this historic resignation, it might be helpful to report on Laporta's observations, making it a possible piece of the puzzle. Another piece of this puzzle could be the fact that at the time of Benedict's resignation in February of 2013, the Vatican Bank was unable to function since it had been suddenly excluded from the SWIFT system and was thus incapable of performing necessary international transactions. As Giuseppe Nardi uh, reminds his readers today in his report on Laporta, uh, uh, Morzio Blandet, he added this matter in, in, the, uh, in Italian. Okay, he, he tells it in Italian there, but uh, in light of Laporta's blog posts, a Catholic, uh, Blondet, a Catholic journalist quoted Laporta and said that it was wise that Laporta did not disclose the U.S. official's name. Hmm. He then reposted his 2015 report titled Ratzinger Could Neither Buy Nor Sell, which outlined the Vatican's 2013 financial problems with the SWIFT system, thereby implying that he himself sees a link between Laporta's report and the financial aspect of the history of Benedict's resignation. You know, just when I hear that statement, Ratzinger can neither buy nor sell, it kind of reminds me of uh, what it Book talks about. Yes, in the Antichrist, you know, uh, you know this, is, this is definitely, if this is true, then you would say that these guys are the minions of the Antichrist. Absolutely. And they're doing, yeah, and, yes. and they are definitely on the wrong side uh, in, you know, in this matter, quite clearly, you know, I'm also reminded, Jess, um, you say, well, what can we do and what should we have done? Well, as always, our weapons are not their weapons, Jess. Yes. And I'm re I'm reminded in, in the book of Exodus when uh, Joshua was fighting, fighting the Amalekites and and Moses, you know, they asked Moses to go up on the hill and stand there with his staff out. And and, and every time Moses's arms got tired, uh, they would start losing. So John, I mean, so uh, Aaron, Moses's brother, and her got on each side of uh, Moses, and they held his arms up, and you know, so that you know they would eventually, mm. you know, have victory. And that's what we can do, Jess. We're called to hold up the arms, especially of a of, of a person as like Pope Benedict, who's the, uh, you know, sits, you know, in the in the chair of Peter. We have to keep him in prayer we had we had to bathe him in prayer because yeah. his enemies were were out and about yeah, absolutely and pope Benedict, by yeah. the way he's he's spoken quite a bit about the antichrist in times past mm. uh, I mean, you, uh yeah pope benedict he's he says that the new totalitarianism he said that many years ago this new totalitarianism that we're dealing with right now he says this is of the spirit of the antichrist uh, so, yeah, Pope Benedict himself has mentioned a lot and referenced a lot to the Antichrist. And guess what? I think it was these, these anti-Christic forces in the Vatican that got him to resign. We'll be right back. Jesus 911. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. We're talking about Pope Benedict's resignation. We're leaning on three articles that we're using, again, our, just, uh, our intuition, our common sense, and our insight uh, as, as to, uh, again, what's called the census fidei that we all have because of the grace of the sacraments. All of us have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. We have a sense of the truth uh, when we hear it, and we also know what's, what's a lie and what's false when we hear it because of that grace called census fidei, which we all have in our soul. Paul, you're reading about, uh, you're finishing up this article on, uh, on the Pope's re- Pope Benedict's yes. resignation. Yes, so <clears throat> a puzzle, uh, a, a, a third piece of the puzzle, which refers to the above-mentioned St. Uh, Gallen group, is that there might have been a conversation between Cardinal Carlo Martini and Benedict in 2012 in which the head of the St. Gallen group suggested to Benedict that it was time for him to resign. This story has been amply discussed by author uh, Julia Maloney. By the way, uh, she, she, uh, which, she's, a, she's a Catholic expert on communism as it relates yeah. to the Catholic Church. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, which Lightside News covered. Okay. Yeah. Uh, perhaps only future historians will be able to put together a fuller picture as to why a pope would resign, thus leaving the church in the hands of modernists who are out to undermine the core of the Catholic Church's doctrine and morals. LifeSite News has reached out to Laporta to obtain further details, particularly as to why the NSA official would say that they would soon force him to resign, considering the alleged discussion took place a full seven years before Benedict's actual resignation. Well, I can tell you, you know, why that might be, Jess. Number one, uh, he may have lasted long. He might, he might have called, you know, he may have lasted a lot longer than they thought he was going to last. Uh, you know, yeah. again, this is a battle of attrition, so to speak. And, you know, you, you can only take so many blows and so many things to, that, that could cause you to be disheartened. And you can only imagine. It's one thing to fight the from the that are outside of the church. But when you get wind of the fact that your enemies are he who dips his hand, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the, yeah, you know, right next to me, that's enough to just take the spirit right out of you. You know what I mean? When you realize you have been betrayed by those closest to you. And I'll, Paul, I'll tell you one thing about Pope Benedict XVI. The reason they also didn't like him is because yeah. post-Vatican II, post-1965, he was the pope that was mo- most partial or had more of an affinity to the Latin Mass than any other pope. None of the mm. other popes, none of the other popes had a, were really at post-Vatican II, I'm talking about, were yeah. really endeared to the to the Latin Mass. This pope yes. was. Pope Benedict, yes. uh, he, he was doing everything to bring it back again that he pot he was you know it was a slow rollout uh again because he just uh didn't want to go against the grain immediately that wasn't his style but he was rolling it out little by little and this is why his secretary archbishop ganswine says that when pope francis came out with his document going after the latin mass that pope benedict this really affected him this Mm -hmm. this was something that this was something that pierced his heart deeply 
because again, Pope Benedict, he knew that the liturgy was in shambles. He knew that yes. the liturgy was in disarray and he was trying to bring out the Latin mass more and more and make it more universally acceptable prior, like just like, just like it was part of the council. Uh, but again, uh, this is why when Pope Francis came out with his document, it affected Pope, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, you know, it, it, to the core of his being. And I'm not saying that's what killed him, but I'll tell you one thing. People do die of broken hearts. People do uh -oh. die of depression, especially yeah. when you're that age. When, when, when you get such, such a betrayal and such yes. bad news at that age, absolutely yes. that affects your heart, Paul. Oh, yeah, especially somebody who, uh, every, you know, we know what a scholar he was, Jess, and, and how much he loved the Word of God and, yes. and, 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 and the things of God. So, so again, at the, the Latin Mass represents, you know, I mean, uh, uh, it's just the, it's, the liturgy is just so, so lofty. It just exalts God, uh, you know, it, you know, it, as much as it, it, in, in the most in the most perfect way that a human being can, yeah. can do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and yet, uh, we see it under such attack today. Um, you know, that's enough to break any man's heart. If you love God, that's enough that, you know, that, that would do it. Yes. Here's another article. Paul wanted to share with it's, it's by brother Alex Bugnoli. Who's he's a writer over in Rome. He's he, 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 uh, he's a journalist in Rome. His article is called church history. Uh, Archbishop Negri says Obama was behind the forced resignation of Pope Benedict. So here's another angle to the story. <clears throat> One thing that is not well reported in the English speaking world is, is that the doubts about the validity of Pope Benedict's resignation did not emanate from conspiracy theorists working in their mother's basements, but were pronounced publicly by some of the highest members of the Catholic hierarchy. Having just republished a report on Archbishop Lenga, in which he expresses the same doubts, doubts which the, uh, the author, uh, Brother Alex Bugnolo, says, I did not take seriously in 2015 because I assumed the men in the Vatican could not be psychopathic liars. <laughs> yeah, <I> want... well, <laughs> you know what happens when you assume, Jess? <laughs> yep. Uh, I want to feature here in English some of the things said by Archbishop Negri of Ferrara, Italy, now retired, on Benedict's act of February 11th, 2013, from what has been reported on the, in the Italian press. I also do this to let the Vatican Secre Secretary of State know that if you're going to rough, rough up Brother Bugnoli in the Piazza San, P San Pietro, a journalist, thinking you're going to discourage him, then he wants you to know that you have succeeded only in making him more of a lion who will ever be on your heels. <laughs> That's a I like Yeah. I like it. Go ahead. What does he write about Monsignor Negri's stunning admissions? Yes. His stunning comments were published uh, in Rimini, uh, an online Italian news journal, on March 6, 2017, nearly three years ago. In that interview, after being asked about his close relationship with Pope Benedict, the Franco uh, Fregni asked him this question, which I hear present first in the original Italian. Okay, well, he's going to tell you in Italian. I'm going to skip down to the English. Yes. Okay. Uh, since most of our audience doesn't speak Italian. Right. Okay. 
Okay, here, here's the article. Yes, it certainly was an unheard of gesture. In my last meetings with him, I saw him physically enfeebled, but most lucid in his thoughts. I have little knowledge, thankfully, of the inner workings of the Roman Curia, but I am certain that one day grave faults will emerge both inside and outside the Vatican. Benedict XVI suffered enormous pressures. It is not by chance that in America, even on the basis of what was published in WikiLeaks, some groups of Catholics asked President Trump to open a commission of inquest to investigate if Barack Obama's administration exercised pressure on Benedict. For now, it remains a mystery, but I am certain that those responsible will be exposed. My own end uh, of the world is approaching, and the first question that I will ask of St. Peter will be precisely of this on this affair. Wow. Yes. Yeah. To refute the uh, testimony, it, to refute the testimony of, of the Archbishop La Stampa, one of the major Marxist newspapers of Italy, quoted words attributed to Pope Benedict by the German journalist Peter Sewald, which make Benedict appear to be someone who was never manipulated by anyone and who was always in perfect control of the Curia, that's the church government in Rome, prior to February 2013. Words which now have been discredited by multiple sources, including by Archbishop Vigano. But one phrase of Seawall, Peter Seawall's, the, the Italian journalist's words, attributed to Benedict, does not settle so well on the side of those who claimed he resigned. He's, here's the English translation of what he said, according to the context of the whole passage, that Pope Benedict apparently said this, quote, If anyone had tried to force me to resign, I would not have gone because there's no need to leave when one is under pressure, close quote. Pope Benedict is a brilliant man. He knows how to spill the beans while convincing his enemies he's not doing anything of the kind. Just like when, on February 14, 2013, when speaking to the clergy of the Diocese of Rome, he gave them the principles to, his, to, see, to see his renunciation was invalid while appearing to praise Vatican II for an hour, for no purpose... I won't point out here that by resigning ministry and not munis, which means office. So that's the big contention. There's a lot of friends even people that I know, good Catholics that say that he resigned the ministry of the papacy, but not the office of the papacy as Canon 332.2 requires for a valid papal resignation. So that's still a big debate with a lot of people, but uh, Pope Benedict did in fact remain against all apparent pressures. Uh, <clears throat> Again, Paul, all of this, uh, it goes to show you one thing, the importance of the office of the papacy. Why? Oh, yeah. You have international forces like Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, George Soros, the globalists, the Great Reset people, these antichristic forces. They know that there is one office that they must control, that they must usurp for world domination. And it's, mm -hmm. and, and it's not Calvary Chapel, and it's not uh, John MacArthur's church, it's not the Presbyterian Church of, the, of America. The, 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 these people are insignificant to the globalists. They know mm -hmm. that what stands in the way of world domination is the office of the papacy established by Jesus Christ himself. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, Jess. I, 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 as they typically do, they overplay their hand. Let me tell you something. While it may be possible, and we may be witnessing it, for them to, uh, you know, infiltrate and corrupt, you know, uh, at you know those at the top of the organization, the visible Catholic Church, as you know, the Catholic Church exists. In much more than that, it exists, uh, the eternal truths of the Catholic Church exist in the hearts and in the minds of so many Catholics who are so close to God. And hey, we will never bend the knee to bail, you know, no matter what. We will resist. We will do everything that it takes in order to, uh, you know, keep God as God in our lives. Amen. We'll continue talking about uh, Pope Benedict's resignation. There's there's several theories, uh, several opinions out there. I'm sure one of these days we're going to know the absolute truth. Uh, but uh, this is good stuff, good Catholic red meat. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Hey, remember, I want to just remind you, we serve the Virgin Most Powerful. She's a 12-star general. She wears combat boots. Absolutely. Pray the rosary every single day. Read your Bible every single day. You know when you pray, I don't know if you realize that, that prayer... It, it rises up to heaven like incense. It's carried by angels. This is all biblical theology. And guess what? Prayer also, not only does it provide a hedge of protection around your family, your marriage, your children, but it also wounds, inflicts pain, and it torments demon. It drives them back. Why? Because prayer is called the sword of the spirit. Prayer is called arrows that you fire into the air in the book of Psalm 68. Yes, and so, an offensive weapon. Absolutely. So when you look at the theology of prayer from Scripture, it's called a, prayer is called a rock that smashes, a sword that comes out of our mouth that pierces bone and spirit and marrow. It's called an arrow that, it's, that, that's launched into heaven. Uh, a prayer is called a hammer that smashes. The fact is, Catholics, let's... let's Pick up your rosaries and let's start making sure that we're praying the rosary every day. Make sure you're reading your Bible every day. Read God's word every day. And let's unite our prayers uh, to the to the heels of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And let's unite our prayers to the sword of St. Michael and con- continue delivering powerful blows to the kingdom of darkness and tear down yes. the gates of hell. Yes, we're talking yes, about. Yeah, just I'm, gl- little... I'm glad you. I'm glad you pointed that out, Jess. I'm sorry. Little commercial I'm, for I'm... prayer. <laughs> yeah, but listen, I gotta tell you, you know, you got me excited when you when you mentioned prayer because, listen, this is a battle that we cannot win uh, outside of prayer. It is yeah. God, the Lord of Hosts, who does battle for us. You see, we have yes. a different. We have a different code of conduct than them. You know, we can't deal with them on the level that they deal with us. You see, we're too predictable because, you know, they know that we are within a framework of where we seek to walk in, in the light and in righteousness. Yes, yes. But, but they can stoop to any level. They can lie, cheat, and steal. And that makes it an uneven playing field. Uh, 
But again, our weapons are prayer. Because if my people who are called by my name, God says, right? God will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You see, that's what we can do, Jess. Perfect holiness. And we can turn from our, uh, turning from our wicked ways and, 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 you know, and then pray to God. God says that he will hear from heaven. And God will then pour forth his blessings. And that's what we need. Uh, you will name his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Guess what? He's, Jesus will save us in every aspect, not just from our sins. He's going to save us. Uh, you know, and, re, you know, and again, he's going to restore all things and make all things new. Amen. Revelation 21, five. Also, Paul, I love it in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter two, I think it's in verse four, where it talks about that. God looks down at the wicked people and he laughs at them. Mm-hmm. Psalm two, verse four, it says the Lord who sits in heaven laughs and the Lord has them in derision. God is busting up and he, as he's looking at evil people. Uh, in their in their machinations uh, here on planet Earth, because there's a day there's a day when they're uh, there's a day of that when they're all going to go to their exit interview, and it's yeah. not going to be pretty. No. God laughs at wicked people because God has yeah. the last laugh. Yes, yes, and uh, since you since you just uh, decided some scripture, let me get somebody. Uh, some of the people out there listening, a little encouragement because this is this can be overwhelming, and and we can be tempted to 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 want to flee the wolves, so to speak. But I want to uh, read from Psalm ninety four what the Amen. Lord has to say. Yes. How long, how long shall the wicked? How long shall the wicked exult, O Lord? They pour out their arrogant words. They boast. All the evildoers, they crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools. You, uh, When will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who chastens the nations. Does he not chastise? He who teaches men knowledge. The Lord knows the thoughts of man. They're a mere breath. Blessed is the man. uh, Blessed is the man whom you chasten, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him respite from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Jess, mm. that's the last word right there. That's God right. is on the throne, nothing shaken. Uh, this is, you know, we're just going through the motion. Uh, uh, the evil man and evil and evil raises its head just to have God cut it off. That's right. Amen. Uh, again. Evil has an expiration date. The kingdom yes. of God has no expiration date. Indeed. As it says Indeed. in the book of Daniel and the book of Luke chapter 1, that the kingdom of God will live forever and ever and ever. I want to talk Preach. now about, about WikiLeaks. They, uh, they put out an article called Conservative Pope Benedict Was Forced to Resign by the Deep State. This is, this is meteor. This has a lot of meat to it here. 
says George Soros, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton orchestrated a coup in the Vatican to overthrow conservative Pope Benedict in February 2013, according to WikiLeaks emails. Pope Benedict became the first pope to resign since Pope Gregory the the, the twelfth in 1415, and the first one to do so on his own initiative since Pope Celestine the fifth in 1294. Gloria TV, it's a good Catholic, um, it's a good Catholic TV network, reports. However, the group of Catholic leaders cite new evidence uncovered in emails released by WikiLeaks to claim the conservative Pope Benedict did not actually resign on his own initiative, but was pushed out of the Vatican by a coup, and a group of researchers are calling the they're calling it the Catholic Spring. Soros, Obama, and Clinton used the United States diplomatic machinery, political muscle, and financial power to coerce, bribe, and blackmail regime change in the Roman Catholic Church in order to replace a conservative Benedict with the current Pope Francis, who has since become an unlikely mouthpiece for the international left, stunning Catholics around the world. That describes me right there. Mm. Now the group of Catholic leaders have sent a letter to President Trump urging him to launch an official investigation into the activities of George Soros, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and others, who they allege were involved in orchestrating the Catholic spring that resulted in their goal of regime change in the Vatican. I remember all this talk uh, years ago. I, I was reading this uh, uh, different articles on the Internet, and it all made sense to me. And uh, some people are wondering, well, why didn't President Trump uh, you know, investigate this? I'll tell you why. Because they had him on his heels for four years. They were throwing so many arrows at him, figuratively speaking, from one criminal charge after another, they literally had him on his heels. And so he was busy trying to defend himself from staying out of jail. He couldn't worry about starting an investigation against uh, the resignation of Pope Benedict. They were trying to get him out of office. And so they used the Cloward Pivot method on on, uh, President Trump. That's why he wasn't able to effectuate any investigation into the resignation, Paul. Go ahead. You want to pick Mm. it up from there? Yeah. The Catholic leaders' specific questions they seek to have answered concerning suspect events that led to the resignation of Pope Benedict, the first papal uh, abdication in 700 years. Specifically, we have reason to believe that a Vatican regime change was engineered by the Obama administration, say the petitioners, in their January 20th letter to President Trump. We were alarmed to discover their letters, uh, their letter notes that during the third year of the first term of the Obama administration, your previous opponent, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and other government officials with whom she associated proposed a Catholic revolution in which the final demise of what was left of the Catholic Church in America would be realized. The lettering includes links to documents and news stories underscoring their claims. It first directs attention to the notorious Soros-Clinton Podesta emails disclosed last year by WikiLeaks, in which Podesta and other progressives discuss regime change to move what they described as the Middle Ages dictatorship in the Catholic Church. Uh, you know who they're talking about. Oh, yeah. And, and just... Here we go once again. Um, we see the battle lines are drawn. We're talking about uh, 
traditional Catholicism versus the mother of all heritage, which is modernism. Modern. And as we know, yeah, and as we know, uh, this great push, they call it woke in our country, right? Everybody wants to be woke now. We see the world that they want to cast. The liberals want a world that is completely opposite of the world that God spoke into existence and set the parameters and said this, you know, he created male and female. And they say, no, he didn't create male and female. He wants LGBTQ, LMNOP, alphabet soup. You know what I mean? This is the battle that's going on. And um, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, Barack Obama, uh, it, it looks like WikiLeaks have, 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 have exposed them once again. But even though their hand was caught in the cookie jar, Jess, does that really mean anything? No. They're in our face. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead, continue. Pick it up. Yeah. So, um, where was that? Uh, the rise of the Catholic Church in America would be realized. The letter includes links to documents and news stories underscoring their claims. It first directs attention to the notorious Soros Clinton Podesta emails. Okay, I read that. Um, regarding the Podesta emails in question, the New American Report. Uh, reported last october hold that thought hold that thought hard break jesus 911 yeah. we're talking about uh, pope benedict's resignation great article from wikileaks a lot of information <laughs> here we'll uh we'll unravel it for you uh coming up in a few more minutes you'll hear more about the wikileaks article on pope benedict's resignation and the way you the left had their hands in the cookie jar Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Remember, the month of January for us as Catholic Christians around the world is the holy name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus with faith, hope, and love throughout the day. Find any excuse to say the name of Jesus, but I will warn you, as Catholic Christians... It is a violation of the second commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, to say the name of Jesus or God the Father, the Holy Spirit, at the end of a joke, or, uh, or, or, or just kind of as, a, as an afterthought, maybe you stub your toe or you hit your funny bone. We don't use, that's called using God's name in vain. For Catholics, we only use God's name in prayer and in worship Amen. and in adoration. And yeah. so use the name of Jesus uh, often, uh, and I'll tell you what it does. Just saying the name of Jesus, which is the most perfect prayer in the universe, it floods your soul with peace and serenity at that moment. Mm. Yeah. Let's continue with this article, Jess. Yep. Wrap it up. Podesta, a longtime Clinton advisor, confidant, and handpicked top activist for left-wing funder George Soros, revealed oh, no, in he, 2011. He, he, let, let me mention, he's also a Satanist. I've done other shows on that. He's connected with the Temple of Satan, but... Uh, but I just want to throw that in there. Go ahead. You're, you're talking about the spirit cooking and everything else that uh, yeah. Hillary was involved in. Yeah, sure. we, yeah. Uh, we, we, WikiLeaks emails show that he's a, a, a regularly invited guest to the spirit cooking from the very high-ranking Satanist Marina Abramovic, who's basically the pastor of a lot of uh, Hollywood rich and famous elites, uh, and she's a high-level Satanist. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, revealed in 2011 email 
that he and other activists were working to effect a Catholic spring revolution within the Catholic Church. An obvious reference to the disastrous spring coups organized that same year by the Obama-Clinton-Soros team that destabilized the Middle East and brought radical Islamist regimes and terrorist groups to power in the region. The Podesta email is a response to another Soros-funded radical, Sandy Newman, founder of the Progressive Voices for Progress. Newman had written to Podesta seeking advice on the best way to plant the seeds of the revolution in the Catholic Church, which he described as a Middle Ages dictatorship. In their letter to President Trump, the group of Catholic leaders write, approximately a year after this email discussion, which was never intended to be made public, we find that Pope Benedict XVI abdicated under highly unusual circumstances and was replaced by a pope whose apparent mission is to provide a spiritual component to the radical ideological agenda of the international left. The pontificate of Pope Francis was subsequently called into question uh, its own legitimacy on a multitude of occasions. Uh, We remain puzzled by the behavior of this ideologically charged pope whose mission seems to be one of advancing secular agendas of the left rather than guiding the Catholic Church sacred mission. They say, expressing the thoughts of millions of Catholics around the world, stunned by Pope Francis's left-wing ideology, it's, it is simply not the proper role of a pope to be involved in politics to the point that he is considered to be the leader of the international left. And, and, and we all know it. Listen, we know, and Jess, I'm just going to say this, we know how the world celebrates our current pope. And, you know, and I'm just reminded of sacred scripture when it says, do not marvel if the world hates you. You see, don't be surprised, Jesus said, for the world hated me before it hated you. And a servant is not greater than his master. If you're going to emulate Christ, Jess, this world will not love you. They will not lift you up on the platform. They will oppose you and hate you and seek to crucify you. That is why Jesus says, if any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, the instrument of death, and follow me. For I send you out. By the way, he said he sends us out like sheep led to the slaughter. You know know what uh, took me, took my breath away when I saw Bill Maher, who hates the Catholic Church, he said, I like this pope. He goes, I hated, I hated every other pope, but I like this pope. Hmm. Uh, also, I think it was VH1 and MTV. Uh, I think they, they voted him man of the year. There was yes. several, yeah, several Hollywood, you know, yuppie, you know, millennial groups. Uh, again, VH1, MTV, they voted a man of the year. You also had... Again, you have uh, people that ideologically are opposed to the Catholic Church, very famous actors and actresses that are real leftist, uh, you know, praising Pope Francis and, and the work that he's doing. I remember also watching on YouTube, there was a lot of young homosexuals in Hollywood, West Hollywood, walking up and down the street, and they had T-shirts, and they were, you know, boys were, you know, teenage boys holding hands with other teenage boys, Teenage girls hugging other teenage girls, and they all had T-shirts that said, "Who are you to judge?" On the bottom, it said Pope Francis. So they had it in quotes. T-shirts. Who are yes. you to judge? 
Yes. Pope Francis. Homosexuals yes. were wearing those t-shirts in Hollywood, West Hollywood, and in Las Vegas. They're on YouTube. You can watch this. And they're quoting the Pope uh, as they continue their, in their uh, lifestyle of debauchery. Yeah. The, article, the article ends, Paul. Let me just finish the article and we'll make some comments. It says, with all this in mind and wishing the best for, my, for our country as well as for Catholics worldwide, we believe it to be the responsibility of loyal and informed U.S. Catholics to petition you to authorize an investigation into the following questions. Well, it won't happen now to, with this president, but it says a couple of questions. To what end was, a, was the NSA monitor, monitoring the conclave that elected Pope Francis? Number two. What other covert operations were carried out by U.S. government operatives concerning the resignation of Pope Benedict or the conclave that elected Pope Francis? Three, did U.S. government operatives have contact with Cardinal Daniil's mafia? Again, he was, uh, he was sidelined by Pope Benedict, and then he was brought back to life by Pope Francis. For be, uh, he was uh, one of those uh, pro-LGBT uh, St. Gallen mafia uh, sexual predators. Number four, international monetary transactions with the Vatican were suspended during the last few days prior to the resignation of Pope Benedict. Were any U.S. government agencies involved in this? Hmm. Five, why were international monetary transactions resumed on February 12th, 2013, the day after Benedict XVI announced his resignation? <laughs> Was this pure coincidence? So the, the banks, you know, basically are suspended. Nobody can have any transactions. Pope Benedict resigns. The following day, the banks are working perfectly again. Mm. Interesting. Next, what actions, if any, were taken by John Podesta, student of, uh, you know, satanic student of Marina Brimwick, Hillary Clinton, and others tied to the Obama administration who were involved in the discussion proposing the fomenting of a Catholic spring? Mm. Next, what was the purpose and nature of the secret meeting between Vice President Joe Biden and Pope Benedict XVI at the Vatican on or about June 3rd, 2011? And finally, what roles were played by George Soros and other international financiers who may be currently residing in United States territory? The investigation, the, investigation, the group of Catholic leaders was requesting of President Trump uh, should be of interest to more than just Catholics. The problem is Trump's no longer president. And once again, they had him on his heels for four years. He couldn't investigate anything other than his own, his own personal issues that they're trying to pin on him. George Soros' ability to co-op leading political figures to assist his radical plans for nation states is well known. But his ability to force regime change in the Catholic Church, an institution previously thought impenetrable from the outside, raises serious questions about his potential for global chaos. The investigation, the punishment should begin at once, and it will begin when this old man, George Soros, dies and, and meets his maker, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not going to be a pretty day at all. No. No. Paul, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. There's a, there are many people who believe that the removal of Pope, with the removal of Pope Benedict, you have the removal of. In fact, let me quote this short little little article here. Uh, it's alluding. It's it's written by Antonio Sochi. He's one of the great uh, historians in Rome. Uh, he, he he's uh, he's current. He's alive right now. Mm-hmm. He writes this. He writes this. Given one month after Benedict the Sixteenth's mysterious renunciation. 
of the ministry of Bishop of Rome uh, in such a way that the see of St. Peter will be vacant. He says, alluding to the title of the book, Attack on Ratzinger, so this is the book, written three years before Benedict's resignation, Antonio Sochi, a very respected historian, suggests that the attack on Benedict XVI, the rejected rock of Peter, which culminated in his abdication, is part of the final attack on the Catholic Church by the anti-Christian powers and ideologies of this world. Now, here's my comment. This makes sense to me. With the removal of Pope Benedict, they have to remove Pope Benedict, Benedict for, the, for the Antichrist to operate and these antichristic forces to operate freely. Cassiari and Sochi, two Roman uh, historians, very respected, they, they, they continue, they say, this calls the church over which Benedict presided, the restrainer, catechon, a Greek word which appears in St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, meaning the great sign of opposition to the advance of the Antichrist, which has the power to put the brakes on that advance. Cassiari maintains that Pope Benedict renounced the ministry of the Bishop of Rome because he was convinced that he could no longer succeed in containing the powers of Antichrist within the Catholic Church. Wow. As as St. Augustine said in the 4th century, Antichrists are in each of us. This is a key to the decision by Ratzinger. If we want to view it in all its seriousness, his decision is of one piece with the crisis of politics of the power that breaks the advance of the Antichrist. Professor Sochi concludes also that with Pope Benedict's renunciation, it would appear that the church, as the restrainer, that is, the power that that arrests the Antichrist's advance, was totally dissolved, giving the impression of being recruited as a draft horse for the chariot of the Antichrist power. This situation, Mm. says Anthony Sochi, signals that we live in a grandiose, that is, apocalyptic time. Wow. Huge. Uh, we may just continue this on Thursday. Uh, continue yeah. down this vein. Hey, but uh, remember as Catholics, remember the end of the story. Revelation 19, 20, 21, and 22. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he wins. Complete Amen. wipeout. What we're experiencing right now is nothing but Catholic mop-up operations. Catholics, pick up your rosary, pick up your mops, clean up the mess. Christ has already won. The victory's already his. His kingdom will last forever. These ignoramuses, boy oh boy, when they meet their maker, it's not going to be pretty. 